Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button to Edge Got In, to your mind, your will, and those crazy emotions. Welcome to a new year of life. God adores you, my friends. We are blessed with another year of life as we enter 2024. I myself am very grateful as back in 2006, I was diagnosed with advanced cancer and given five years to live. So every year is a gift and it is for you as well. It's the gift that God has given us. Life is the gift that God has given us. What we do with that life is our gift back to him. Edge got in. Our mission here is to champion your human potential in Christ. It's the voice of the Emotional Intelligence in Christ Project. And if you haven't explored our community over there, as well as our resources, please join us at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. We give a bi-weekly tip in the area of emotional intelligence in Christ. We also have a book, an interactive book. It's great for um, for your growth in the area of emotional intelligence in Christ. The definition of emotional intelligence in Christ is the activation of the Holy Spirit within you to help you, help you. We need help, my friends, <laughs> to discern and manage our emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God by loving other people as Jesus did. He is our, he is emotional intelligence and we follow his lead as to what that looks like, feels like, and sounds like as we seek emotional intelligence in Christ in all of our behavior and our actions. Wouldn't it be wonderful in this new year if we truly were able to, by God's grace and the activation of the Holy Spirit within us, manage our emotions, our impulses to want to react in certain ways when we don't feel seen, acknowledged, recognized, when life doesn't show up the way we want it to. I was working with a client yesterday and and reflecting on when I was diagnosed with advanced cancer and divorced at the same time in 2006. Many times, my friends, we cannot help what happens in our lives. What we can always, always be empowered to do is to choose how we want to respond to it with the strength of Christ within us. Remember, you have the same spirit within you as a follower of Christ that rose Jesus from the grave. Wow. You have the same spirit dwelling within you that rose Jesus Christ of Nazareth from the grave. All things are possible. All things are possible for you. So we have that interactive book, our original book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ. We also have a six-week study guide. And to be honest, that would be a wonderful way to begin your year, to just take the first six weeks or beginning of the year, six weeks, and dedicate it to really growing in your emotional intelligence in Christ. Our emotions cause us so much anxiety. And as you've heard me say before, stress is the power you give to outside circumstance to define your worth, your value, and what you believe you're capable of handling successfully. So what are you giving power to, even in the beginning of this year? Perhaps it's something that was left unresolved from the previous year. Perhaps it's an opinion that you're having a difficult time shaking off, an unmet need. Or perhaps it's a faith crisis. You're wondering if God really sees you if in your suffering and what you're going through, if he really has your back. Satan's number one desire is to deceive you into thinking that God doesn't really care. 
And so as you walk through those six weeks, you're going to learn how to apply what we refer to as the EIC method. It's a three-step, very simple method to help you to pause, take back control with the grace of God within you of those emotions, and to course correct according to the life that God has given you within you, EIC uh, method. We also have a course that is that is uh, very supportive when it comes to accountability, if you really want to grow in your emotional intelligence in Christ, and that's available at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. So you can explore more there. All of our podcasts are housed at edgegodin.com. With each podcast, you'll find a one sheet that you can print out to capture the learnings. You'll often hear me invite you to think of one to three things. There's no mistake that you're tuning into today's podcast today. So knowing that, invite the Holy Spirit to move you to land on, take and apply the one to three things that he desires for you to bring into your life to draw you closer to the love of God. That's part of our mission is to be able to create those learning systems that lead to the experience of God's love, which empower you ultimately to be able to manage your emotions and behaviors in a way that glorifies God. Our goal is to offer the opportunity for you to experience the love of God within you, because that's what moves you to want to be obedient and to surrender. It's love, not judgment, my friends. When I was 17 years old, it was love that drew me in, not judgment. Transformed my life forever and gave me the grace to go through two of life's top stressors at the same time. That was my journey. What is yours? What are you facing today that you feel is bigger than your ability to handle it? This is an opportunity to course correct, to remember who's ultimately in charge here and where your power and authority come from and how to activate activate that in your life. And embrace John 10.10, I have come that you, have, you may have life and have it abundantly. He has come that you may have life and have it abundantly. He sees you, my friend, right where you're at, and he loves you enough not to leave you there. Are you willing to go? Are you willing to surrender? Are you willing to obey, to be set free? One of our foundational verses at Edge Got In, is Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm and don't allow yourself to be burdened by the yoke of slavery. That means we have a choice to allow ourselves to be burdened by what other people say, what they don't say, what they do, what they don't do. So much of our mind space is hijacked by our need to control how other people respond to us or don't. What if in the new year we could surrender that, be free in that area? You don't have to control anyone. You have the authority with God to stay close to him and allow him to handle those things outside of you that don't make sense. And to be attentive as to the part he desires for you to play within that. Today's topic, how to shake off the snakes in the new year. So perhaps you have a snake or two that's still fastened to you from the previous year. And if you're listening to this podcast mid-year, what is it that's still fastened to you, still holding on to you? We're going to, the learning objective is actually to follow Paul's example in Acts 28, 4 through 5, and learn how to shake off what will attempt to hold you back from the life that Jesus died to give you. 
that will attempt to confuse you, divert you, deceive you, discourage you from remembering that you are the handiwork of God. Ephesians 2.10, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for you to do. God has good works for you to do in this year. And we have that choice whether or not we listen to his voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is where I want you to spend your time, attention, and focus in the new year. So before we begin, simply take a moment, invite the Holy Spirit in. Holy Spirit, come. Show us those serpents that are still fastened to us. Perhaps it's lack of forgiveness from the previous year. Perhaps it's something within our ego that we were treated a certain way and we can't believe we were treated a certain way and we're having a hard time shaking that serpent off. Perhaps we had prayed for something for a very long time and we're not getting our answer. And so the serpent continues to fasten itself to us, to deceive us, divide us, divert our attention away from you and ultimately discourage us. Enough, Lord. We want to shake it off as we begin the new year so that we can run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight for the edification of everyone who's tuning in to today's podcast. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. A few thoughts before we begin here. I'm reading through the Bible. Um, which I often like to do starting the beginning of the year. And I'm in the beginning of Genesis and really camping on the whole garden scene again. Um, in the garden, when the snake speaks to Eve, he's not challenging God's authority or challenging God's existence, if you notice. In Genesis 1 and 2 and 3, he's not he's not challenging God's authority or God's existence. <laughs> it's pretty pretty amazing any atheists out there. He's challenging God's trustworthiness. Did God really say that? Don't eat from the tree, from the fruit? No, no, no. This is what he really meant. He's withholding from you. He's withholding something good from you. And that's the same theme, different stage that he uses to discourage us today. And perhaps you've had some of those thoughts. Why aren't I getting this? Why aren't I getting this breakthrough? Why isn't this happening? Maybe God doesn't have my best in mind. So understand your opponent. We ended the year with, with two very powerful podcasts and, and a wrap-up around the, the uh, Christmas Advent time. But one of them was Spiritual Warfare Wisdom from, from an Exorcist, followed by Johnny Erickson Tata's podcast. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to both of those and the summation of both of those podcasts, highly recommend you start your year with that. As you'll, you'll notice that I'll continually pull through the ordinary activities of the devil that were laid forth simply because they're very true. And the more we understand our opponent, the more equipped we'll be to be able to fight against him. But he's doing the same things, my friends, that he did in the garden. The challenge that faces us every single day in our walk with Christ is the same challenge that Eve faced and pulled Adam in. Do we believe that God is faithful? Do you believe that God is faithful? Do we believe that he is worthy of our obedience and trust? Do we believe that he truly has our back in this new year? If not, that's, that's a serpent that's fastened to us. 
that's saying, you can't trust God. Look at your last year. If he really loved you, none of that would have happened. Believe me, my friends. I have plenty, plenty of evidence that demands a verdict for my own five years of suffering through through the divorce, the the double mastectomy, six weeks of daily radiation, two years of chemo, ex continued experimental chemo. And because of the combination of the radiation and the experimental chemo, I got third degree burns on my chest. So they had to graft my back onto my front, 14 surgeries uh, later. I don't know if I'm coming or going. Thanks be to God, he does. Because <laughs> my back's on my front. I had a MRSA staph infection. Two uh, near-death experiences. My heart stopped, popped out, came back in. And uh, in the midst of going through a divorce, and I can honestly say, the darker the night got, the more present Jesus became. He does his greatest work in the darkest nights with every storm Jesus comes to. And I can assure you and thank God that he has given me the opportunity to walk through the storm and get on the other side to be able to assure you that he is with you and God is faithful. Continue to trust. Don't listen to that serpent. Shake that serpent off. God has your back. Regardless, he has plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. He is the God of restoration. So when the serpent encountered Eve, he caused her to doubt God's love for her. Because if he really loved her, and this is a thought that many of us possibly could have, he wouldn't withhold such beautiful fruit. Well, wow. If, if I can become like God, so he's, he's deceiving, right? Because Eve was already like God. <laughs> Eve was created, Adam and Eve were created in the image and likeness of God. Yet the serpent said in deceit, then you will become like God. No, you already have everything you need to overcome challenges. You have the presence of Christ within you, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave. Nothing is impossible for you. Don't allow any falsity or trickery of the devil or serpent to whisper in your ear that you can't handle the situation with Christ. In fact, there were many times I cried out to God and I would say, I can't handle this. I can't handle this. And the response was the same, very lovingly, every single time. I know you can't, but I can. So lean in. God sees you. He loves you. And he will give you the strength and the grace to handle any situation that comes before you. So he's doing the same theme, different stage. He continually does that to us every single day. Does God really love you? Because if he really loved you, this wouldn't be happening. That's a lie. Liar! It's all a lie meant to divert our attention from the truth and discourage our heart. Remember the four ordinary activities from the devil, if you listened into the last three podcasts of 2023, is that he deceives in order to divide us, in order to divert our attention from God and his truth, from being obedient to him and trusting in him so that we become discouraged. It's just rinse and repeat. So as as rereading Genesis chapter four, uh, this is just another side tip to think about in the new year. You, we read the story of Cain and Abel in the first few chapters um, following the creation story of Cain and Abel. Um, now, they both bought offerings to God. Cain bought an offering. Abel bought an offering. Cain's offering, um, he basically bought whatever he had. 
perhaps leftovers, let's look at it that way, you know, just from the ground, the fruit, vegetables, whatever was left over, he bought. And, and it wasn't acceptable in God's eyes. So that's what led to Cain's anger and outburst to the point where he took his, his brother Abel's life. So it's a pretty powerful story. Just read the first five chapters of Genesis, first four chapters of Genesis. Yet he accepted Abel's sacrifice. Why? Why did he accept Abel's sacrifice? Because we are told in the scriptures that Abel gave the first fruits of his, or the first pick of his flock. So this is an invitation for us. I'm just going to put this before us before we jump into the meat of our message today. What shift do you want to make? And I'm asking myself this question too, as I'm entering the new year, to give God the first fruits of your time, your energy, and your focus. What shift do you want to make in terms of your priorities? Write that desired shift down. I commit to giving God the first fruits of my day in the morning. Within the first half hour of getting up, I'm going to spend 15 minutes before the Lord. Whether I'm praying, reading the scriptures, singing, I, I commit to giving the first fruits of my day to God. God never, ever, ever leaves us empty-handed when we give the first fruits of our time, attention, and our focus. And even if we only have like a half-eaten loaf and a, and, and a, and a you know, part of a fish, we toss it to Jesus and he's in the business of multiplying. I've gotten to the point in my life where I don't trust anything that's going to come out of my mouth, which is why in the morning I'll often say, before I even put my feet on the ground, dear God, I commit to you every thought that I will think today, every word that comes from my mouth, and every meditation of my heart so that it would glorify you and not me. Because I know if I don't have your anointing upon that, things will not go well. Because my ego will slip in. I need to be right, understood, liked, all of that crap, crapola will slither into the front lines and will rob me of the surrendered life, which leads to the freedom that Christ has given me. So how do we shake off the snakes in the new year? What does that look like? So here we go. Reading from Acts chapter 29, verses 4 and 5 specifically, just to give you a little context of this, Paul lands on the island of Malta after a, uh, a huge uh, fight against a storm in in the um in the waters now if you can imagine this situation paul warned the centurion hey uh based on what i'm seeing in in the weather here i don't think it's a good idea that we that we start to to take sail um I, it's not going to end well and it might end in a lot of loss but in spite of that the centurion decided to move forward and they hit the storm and they were fighting against the storm for quite some time. They thought they were going to all die. God assured them that none of them would lose a hair on their head. And uh, Paul, even though he was a prisoner at the time, he, he he's the one that kind of guided them uh, to the place of being safe on Malta. And when they arrived to Malta, they, the, the natives there showed them unusual kindness. And since it was rainy and cold, they kindled a fire for them when they landed on Malta and welcomed them to gather around it. Now, Paul had gathered a bundle of, of uh, brushwood and was putting it on the fire when a viper, a snake, slithered out, driven out by the heat and fastened itself to his hand. So this is the metaphor that we are beginning our thinking around. What is the serpent that is fastened to you, that is trying to block you from the work of God that he desires to do in your life? Which, by the way, is, is pretty simple love God, love people. 
more today than yesterday. Do good, love God, love people. And God, and Paul was was called obviously to preach to the Gentiles and to preach the message of God as a missionary. And a viper that was poisonous and deadly jumped out and fastened itself to Paul. When the neighbor, natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, kind of gives you the willies thinking about that. They said to one another, this man must be a murderer. So they start making assumptions, right? Though he had escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. He, however, Paul, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. They were expecting him to swell up and drop dead, but that didn't happen. So this is what happens to us in our lives. Paul was going about a mundane task, when this serpent fastened himself to his hand, the natives instantly began to assume and judge, which is what happens when a serpent fastens itself to us. People assume and judge. And when a serpent fastens itself to us, we will attribute false motives to people's behavior. We will judge. Uh, we Our filters will, will block our ability to see the fullness of reality because we're moving from a place of threat. And this is what the serpent does. So... When a serpent fastens itself to us, it, it it deceives in order to divide us, right? So just know that. Anytime you start feeling division from another human being, just know who orchestrated that. Not today, Satan, not today. So what do you need to shake off? What serpent is fastened to you today? Perhaps it's greed, maybe pride, selfishness, envy. Maybe it's jealous. Maybe somebody got something that you wanted. How do you handle that? Or maybe it's offense. Somebody's offended you and you're having a hard time shaking that off. These are all rampant in our culture today, my friends. Jesus says in the end times that offense will increase. It's increasing. And the main goal, again, of Satan is to create division, judgment, and discouragement. And that's from that recent podcast uh, wisdom from an, from an, uh, spiritual warfare wisdom from an exorcist with Father Vincent, where he shares four steps or strategies the devil uses to trap us. And I'm going to continually bring these through as the Lord guides me to do so, because it's knowing your opponent. When I was training for my black belts, I was always, always just watching how my opponent would move in the ring. Because as I understood their technique, then I could evade. I could evade and then move forward in a positive direction to reach my goals. And once we understand how Satan works in our lives, then we can say, ah, I know exactly who's behind this right now. I'm not going to bite. And I choose you, Jesus. I choose love. I choose kindness, joy, peace, faithfulness. And I'm willing to believe you're going to bring about a greater good than had this not even happened. That's what I choose, God. So one of the strategies that we can use when we're aware of what's going on and where a serpent is fastening itself to us is to start to declare the praises and faithfulness of God. David did this. Just to declare in the midst of the darkness around you, declare the praises of God. No, God, I know you're in charge here. I know that this person is doing the best that they can. I'm going to make a generous assumption for your glory. So when we understand that his first area is deceptions, to deceive, and we look at it in light of the story at Malta, the natives were deceived in their assumptions and judgments based on their own filters. Filters are your knowledge, experience, and values that impact how you listen, think, and communicate. And they're very powerful, my friends. They will create an impoverished view of reality, as well as judgment and division very quickly. So be aware of what God says and what God calls us to. 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control in all situations and trust that he'll he'll bring it to fruition, whatever it is. Because once Satan has deceived us, then his next trickery is division. And as a result of the natives' false judgment on Paul, he's they're like, oh man, this dude must have, you know, definitely he must have escaped the sea, but he must be a murderer. That was the that was the assumption. They did the same thing to Jesus. He was falsely accused and crucified. So he divides, and as a result of the natives' false judgment on Paul, division was created through the false accusations. He must be a murderer, though he escaped the sea. Justice has not allowed him to live. So then, then, then Satan diverts people's attention away from God and trickery and negative emotions, which is why emotional intelligence in Christ is a worthy, worthy practice, particularly in our culture today. Satan diverts our attention from the truth. And we see this as the natives created the false story about Paul. And he also did it in Genesis 3 when he diverted Eve's attention away from God and being obedient to God. So perhaps there's something in your life where you're being deceived from being obedient to God. You know the life that Jesus died to give you and what he's calling you. Put off the old self. Take on the new. He'll say those questions. Did God really mean that? Well, no. God. He causes us to compromise. Little compromises, little tiny compromises until he caught, until he drags us into sin. And so we're beginning a new year. This is an opportunity to begin again. His mercies are new every morning. And as we have a new year of life, we have the opportunity to look back on our in the previous year and say, hmm, what serpents do I that are still fastened to me that by God's grace, he's calling me to shake off? And then write those down. And then make a choice with Christ to move in the direction he's calling you in. He's, he always moves you closer to himself and to love. Because love overcomes all things, including pain. So you're capable of making these choices, and you can choose truth from falsehood. And in that final strategy that Satan's constantly trying to get us in is discouragement. This is the very dark place that is the ramification of deception, division, and diversion. It's discouragement. When God was looking for Adam in the garden after the fall, he knew where he was. Yet he asked, where are you? Do we know where we're at? Without God, we don't. We're lost. If you notice, Adam and Eve were divided from each other instantly after they listened to the voice of the serpent. Go ahead, take a bite. They disobeyed God instantly. It's going to create division within yourself as well. That's where guilt and shame come from. Go ahead, take a bite. I can't believe you took a bite. How could you take a bite? You love God. How could you do that? So again, just realize this vicious cycle and God is always wanting to restore us with love. And even in the garden, when, when God said, who told you you were naked? You can take that as, I heard this recently, and I, and I loved the reminder of this. Intonation is 38% of our communication. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. And you could read that 
point when God was looking for Adam and Eve in the garden and when he approached him and said, who told you you were naked? You can, you can interpret that as with a tone of like, who told you you were naked? Can't believe you disobeyed me. Yet knowing the nature of God, it was coming from a place of love. Who told you that you're naked? You're not naked with me. I see you and I love you. And you were complete. So understand that God is always moving towards us with love to give us that strength within us to shake off the lies of the serpent that has fastened itself to us. So when the when he created Adam and Eve, they felt no shame. When they disobeyed God, they felt shame and discouragement. Discouragement, my friends, is the archway through which hopelessness and despair walk into our lives. Speak back. If you're feeling discouraged today, memorize Joshua 1.9. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God goes with you wherever you go. So the natives expected Paul to swell up and drop dead. That was their expectation in verse 6. But after waiting a long time, they saw that nothing unusual had happened to him. And they changed their minds and began to say that he was a god, right? The serpent um, deceived them. Many different times. The world says one thing. If you get bit by this serpent, you will die. God says another. Whose voice are you listening to today that is creating the deception in your life and separating you from God's truth? We are told in the end times that many false prophets will enter the world, deceiving many people. Stand firm in the one who is the way the truth, and the life. Resist the devil. Now, before resisting the devil, listen to God's voice. Obey God. Be obedient to God. And then resist the devil, and he will flee. Attach yourself to God, and the serpents that are attached to you will flee. Watch out for the four ordinary activities of the devil this year. Deception, God, you tell me what the truth is of this situation. My emotions are totally clouding me from truth right now. What is the truth? Lord, I'm feeling divided from these people in my life. Give me the grace to know what to do, to honor you, to forgive, to move forward, to, to create healthy boundaries. And I feel that my attention is diverted to the created things rather than you, my creator. Grant me the grace to come back to you in the beginning of this year and to give you the first fruits of my day, my time and attention, and protect me from discouragement because I know that you have my back. At least I'm willing to believe more today than yesterday that you have my back. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I'm going to end with Psalm 57, 7 through 11. And this is a wonderful psalm to start your day with, to be able to Invite the Holy Spirit to show you perhaps what serpent is still fastened to you from yesterday that he's desiring for you to shake off. God has given you a power within you to shake off the serpent from yesterday. Psalm 57, 7 through 11, my heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. I will make music. Awake my soul. I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing among the people. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. 
Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Be exalted, O God, above those things that pull me away from you. Be exalted, O God, above the power I'm giving to these serpents that are fastened to me. Be exalted above all of that, above every worldly thought, every form of deception, diversion, deceit, and discouragement. Let your glory be all over the earth and all over my life as I begin this new year. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, my friends, what is the serpent that is fastened to you from the previous year, 2023? And what serpent, perhaps, grabbed a hold of you just in this first week of the new year? You set your mind with Christ. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You set your mind with Christ to shake off those attempts of the serpent. Listen, Paul was follower of Jesus Christ. He encountered Jesus, and a serpent still fastened itself to his hand in the midst of his mission. The serpents will come, my friends. I had the serpent of going through the experience of divorce and advanced cancer with three young children, and it fastened itself to me many times. Yet God gave me the grace within to shake it off again and again and again. May he give you the same grace and belief in his ability to give you the strength to shake off that serpent. Because Jesus, in his great commission, told us we will be able to drink poison and not die. We will be able to shake off those serpents. Ask for the strength to do it. As soon as you feel those emotions, an emotion is a body, your body's response to what you're thinking about. So what are you giving free rent to between your two ears today that is allowing entry to the serpent to fasten itself to you and deceive you. Come back. Come back to the one who seeks you in the midst of your disobedience because he loves and adores you enough not to leave you there. He wants to have relationship with you, walk with you, talk with you. Give him more authority than any other voice that's coming into your life in this new year. And set your habits starting in the beginning of the new year, new year, what do you want to do to give him the first fruits and acceptable offering? First fruits of your time, attention, talents, focus. Because he will return to you tenfold when you give him the first fruits of your life and toss it into his lap. Outshine the darkness, my friends. Happy New Year. God bless you. And I look forward to beginning and walking with you through this new year.